Hello, friends, and welcome to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and uh, my condolences to anyone who's back at work today. Hopefully, the release of this podcast will help you get through the afternoon here uh, as we look ahead to tonight's game against the Columbus Blue Jackets. I am off for the next couple of days, not the podcast, obviously, but uh, I took some time off work. Uh, and won't be returning until Monday, uh, but we're kind of in survival mode here as the boys are getting antsy about going back to school. And now that the holidays are over and all that madness is done, uh, they're going a little stir crazy. But uh, enough about my personal life, um, unless you like to hear about that, in which case I'm happy to share, as you will know, for those of you who follow me on Twitter which you can do so at ENC McLaren. You can also follow the show at LO underscore Boston Bruins. The podcast is available wherever you download your other shows. Um, and if you could kindly rate and review when you do subscribe, that would be greatly appreciated. On today's show, we'll quickly preview tonight's game against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, quite a lot of lineup information to get to. Uh, then we'll open up the mailbag and take some uh, take a look at some news and notes from around the NHL. Uh, but yeah, thanks again for tuning in. Hope you had a happy new year. Uh, enjoyed the winter classic yesterday. And uh, we're going to hit the ground running as the Bruins start their second half of the season tonight with game number 42 of the regular season, again against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, I'd mentioned there was some lineup notes to... Uh, mention a lot of mentions there um the big news is that david krejci is back in the lineup after missing one game with an upper upper lower body injury and also tory krug is back uh in his first game since being injured before christmas in a game against the washington capitals it's possible that charlie mcavoy may play as well he's apparently a game time decision if he can't go, then Steve Kampfer will take his spot. But at the morning skate, we had defensive pairings of Chara McAvoy, Krug, Carlo, Moore, Grizzlick, uh, which is more in line with what we should expect to see um, heading down the stretch if everyone is indeed healthy. Up front, we had Marshan Berger on Pasternak, DeBrusque with Krejci and Coyle on the right side. The third line therefore looked like Bjork, Corrali, and Danton Heinen making his return after being a healthy scratch in the New Year's Eve shootout loss to the New Jersey Devils. And then Joaquin Nordstrom, Parlindholm, and Chris Wagner rounding out the uh, uh, forward core, the bottom three uh, forwards. Tuka Rask will get the start in goal. And again, Danton Heinen will return from being made a healthy scratch. Of that, he said, I think I'm harder on myself than anybody. I realize when things aren't going right, just a matter of getting back to the things that have gotten me here. And what Bruce Cassidy said the other night was, you know, just uh, smart plays, um, being quick on the puck, uh, making that aggressive forecheck, making good first passes and um, just really being the kind of efficient two-way forward that um, that this team needs him to be if they're going to be successful. Um, from a Columbus point of view, they are very uh, 
bruised and battered at the moment. A plethora of uh, injuries uh, on the Blue Jackets end of the things. I think I saw the other day there's like $28 million of cap space tied up in injured players for that team right now, um, including starting goalie uh, Eunice Corpusalo, uh, Elvis Merzikalins, Merzilikins, Merzikalins, Merzilikins will be uh, getting the starts for the foreseeable future. Uh, sorry, it is indeed Merzilikins. Uh, but who else is missing? They have Ryan Murray out. They have... Uh, Brandon Dubinsky out. Josh Anderson is out. Uh, just a whole bunch of players uh, that are on the injured list and who will not be in the lineup for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Still, they're uh, hanging on despite all these injuries. Uh, right now, they are uh, on the outside looking in in terms of a playoff spot. They are five points behind the Philadelphia Flyers for the second wildcard spot. Uh, but they're 6-0-4 in their last 10, uh, believe it or not. An 18-14-8 record for 44 points. Uh, so not an easy out by any stretch of the imagination. A John Tortorella team will always be feisty and defensively minded. Uh, so the Bruins will want to establish that forecheck, um, get some secondary scoring going, contributions from all forward lines, uh, solid pucks up from the defense core, uh, and maybe... Tonight of all nights will be the night that Charlie McAvoy finally hits uh, the back of the net. Columbus is actually on an 11-game point streak, 7-0-4, fourth longest point streak in franchise history, uh, despite, as I mentioned, seeing a lot of uh, injuries over uh, the last few weeks. mentioned a few of the players earlier, but Alexander Texier, a promising young forward, he's uh, out with a lumbar stress fracture. Cam Atkinson is injured. Sonny Milano is injured, but I believe he'll be back tonight. Uh, Oliver Bjorkstrand has been injured. Uh, Ryan Murray, as I mentioned. Josh Anderson. So just a ton of players uh, that the Blue Jackets rely on for success. But again, they're still um, getting it done somehow. So um, yeah, not an easy out for the Bruins by any stretch especially nobody is really. We saw them lose to the Devils the other day. Um, so the Bruins will be in tough against the Blue Jackets, but hopefully they, uh, with a uh, healthier roster in their own right, can take advantage of the banged-up uh, Blue Jackets and, and get their first win here in 2020, start the second half of the season off right. One interesting other note for tonight's game, uh, Zdeno Chara will join uh, Joe Thornton and Patrick Marlowe uh, tonight in becoming the 12th, 13th, and 14th players in NHL history to play in four different decades, that being uh, for them the 90s, 2000s, 2010s, and now 2020s. So um, some longevity being shown among those three. And uh, again, any time... Chara is able to be on the ice uh, is a good thing for the Bruins. This, he's not obviously uh, the player he used to be, but he's still more than effective uh, at his position, and the Bruins continue to benefit um, from his presence, both leadership-wise and still on the ice. There's no denying that. Uh, one other minor note, uh, Jeremy Lozon was assigned back to Providence after being recalled on an emergency basis. And forward Anton Bleed 
has also been sent to Providence on a conditioning stint. So that's kind of what you need to know in advance of uh, Thursday's game against the Blue Jackets. The Bruins looking to uh, retain their uh, sizable lead atop the Atlantic Division. Uh, The Toronto Maple Leafs uh, will also be in action in Winnipeg tonight, so that's a game worth keeping an eye on as uh, they look to try to catch the Bruins in the standings. The Bruins have a nine-point lead. Tampa Bay Lightning are 12 points back. They have three games in hand, and they will not be playing tonight. They'll be back in action. Uh, Wait, are they playing tonight? Let me just click around real quick. Yes, they're actually playing the Canadians tonight. Uh, So they have a chance to uh, try to make up some ground as well. Uh, So it'll be a three-team race, it looks like, down the stretch. Uh, And as always, it'll be interesting to see how the seeding breaks down. Uh, But yeah, that's what you need to know for tonight's game. Let's now take a look at uh, the mailbag. I opened it up for some mailbag questions, and uh, a few of you sent some questions in, which I very much appreciate. Uh, Let's take a look at those now. The first question came from uh, Daniel at Magar Mentions, and he asked, what is the potential trade value of some of our younger players, Bjork, Heinen, Lozon, etc.? I don't really want to trade them, but wondering if they are considered assets around the league. Well, based on how... Uh, Anders Bjork has emerged this season. He would definitely be seen as an asset, not a player that I would think would be floated in any trade offers unless it's for an impact player uh, who the Bruins would have control on, uh, not somebody that you know it would be a, uh, considered a rental per se. Um, he is a restricted free agent this summer. We'll need a new contract, uh, so that's worth considering, but I don't think it will be, um, we'll probably be looking at a bridge deal for Bjork, pretty reasonable under the cap. So I would expect that he'll be retained, uh, and be a key member of this team for quite some time. Uh, hopefully as for Heinen, he's, uh, now 24, he's under contract for next season at 2.8 million will be a restricted free agent after that point. Uh, you know, he was scratched the other day. I could see him potentially moved um, in a deal, what we saw a couple years ago with the Rangers, Rick Nash, uh, they traded a prospect roster player and a first round pick to get Rick Nash. Um, that roster player was Ryan Spooner. I value Heinen currently higher than Spooner was at the time. But again, if it's an impact player that the Bruins can bring in uh, and Heinen is the cost, uh, I can see them doing that. As for Lozon, Uh, He'd kind of be probably a throw-in as a prospect in any deal in the same way that Lindgren was in that Rick Nash trade. Uh, But of those three guys, I would say Bjork is uh, kind of a guy that uh, will remain in the fold. Uh, He's still on his entry-level contract, um, set for a bridge deal coming up, and and I think he would be a guy that um, would be retained uh, for sure. Uh, But Heinen, I could see possibly being dangled uh, if he doesn't show any improvement. Uh, But it wouldn't be obviously kind of a feature player and his value wouldn't be super high. He'd be kind of that part of a package deal. Another question came in from uh, Kevin Elder at Ottawa Kev. He asked, if you could mulligan the 2015 draft, 
the Sagan trade or the Bacchus signing, which would you pick? Uh, that is a very tough call, Kevin. Um, probably I'd put the 2015 draft at the bottom of that. I, oh, I, I don't even know. I'm not even going to rank them. I'll just pick one. Um, the back of signing is kind of an easy one that may not have a huge impact. Uh, if you were not signed, they would have the cap space. They could have used it elsewhere. Um, but there's no saying that they would have used it any more wisely than they had. Um, the 2015 draft, I mean, the further on we go, the more it's looking like uh, maybe DeBrusque was a bit of a hit, but I would still take uh, Burzel. I would still take Kyle Connor. Uh, you know, the meme at the time was Barzil Connor uh, Shillington from who went to the Flames. Um, if you look back, you'd think Barzil Connor uh, Thomas Shabbat uh, would make just a steal of a trio for the Bruins at that spot. Um, you could argue they'd have won the cup with that trio this past year. Um, I mean, there's certainly other factors that go into it and hindsight is 2020, but that would probably be my pick. Uh, as much as I wish the Bruins hadn't traded Tyler Sagan, um, it seems clear now that, you know, he wouldn't have been a fit. David Krejci would have been sacrificed probably to, to retain him. And, um, while Krejci doesn't have the offensive resume as Tyler Sagan does, I would still take Krejci over Sagan, I think. Uh, Sagan has developed into a pretty special um, center for the Dallas Stars. He's been able to develop a two-way game. Um, and uh, the trajectory of this team may have stayed a bit higher had they retained him. They might not have missed those two playoff years. Um, but again, it's, it's really hard to look back and think about what is or what would have changed, what kind of roster moves would or would not have been made if Sagan had been kept, uh, if those players were picked at the 2015 draft. Uh, but if I had to pick one of these things to have a mulligan on, I'd probably pick that 2015 draft just because there were three impact players there for the taking and the Bruins pretty much muffed up all of them. Uh, Debreska side, he has turned into uh, a good top six player for the Bruins, but I'd still rather have any one of those other three over uh, Debreska, Zach Senishin, and uh, Zboril. There's still time for those guys to turn into something, but, you know, Barzal won a, the Calder Trophy. Uh, Connor's already a 30-goal scorer. And Shabbat is a number one defenseman. Um, and the Bruins could have built around him and McAvoy, uh, assuming they were able to pick him the year after. Obviously, things go awry based on changes in the standings on who you would have picked in subsequent years. But those three would still be as good of a trio to build around uh, for the future uh, as any. Um, back when the Sagan trade was made, I thought the Bruins were well positioned to once uh, Chara and Bergeron moved into their later years like they are now that they could have built around Rask, um, Dougie Hamilton and Tyler Sagan. Uh, if you go by the adage as I do that you need like 
an elite goalie, a, a stud defenseman, and a stud center to build around. That's the core of any championship team. We've seen it over and again. Um, that's what I would have built around. Obviously, they didn't, for whatever reason, fit into what Boston had planned or into the culture they have around here. Um, so now we have, you know, like I said yesterday's podcast, the Bruins will be able to build now around McAvoy, Stanika, maybe Kyle Kieser, uh, Anders Bjork, I'd maybe put into that as a guy who's just moved ahead leaps and bounds this year, two-way player. Um, so yeah, again, hindsight is twenty twenty, but... Uh, this is what we're left with. But if we could go back and change one thing, I would do the 2015 draft over. And I hope Don Sweeney would acknowledge that as well. Uh, Greg at GF, GJF Kessler asks, with Chara's age and Tuka's contract finally coming up to an end, among others, what do you predict happening over the next couple of years and hope to see out of the front office? Well, it kind of goes back to what I mentioned uh, a couple of minutes ago with that draft. And with the back of signing, we don't want Boston investing in kind of those uh, over 30 guys who are clearly on the decline. The back of contract was clearly a mistake. Hopefully they can get out of it heading into next year. Uh, Rask will be a free agent after 2020, 2021. Uh, I would think they would still keep him. Uh, maybe not on as quite a lucrative deal as he's making now. I don't know if he'd be willing to accept that or if there'd be a market for him. Um, He'll be like 34 at the time or 33. Um, So he probably wouldn't be in line for a huge deal like Bobrovsky or something like that. Uh, And Bobrovsky probably will be a cautionary tale along those lines. We've seen how poorly he's performed for the Panthers on the first year of a 10, no, seven year, $70 million contract or whatever. With Chara moving on, I think the Bruins will be well set with uh, the defensive core that they have coming up, led by um, uh, McAvoy, Carlo, hopefully Krug is still around, Matt Grizzlick, uh, the likes of Euro Vakaninen coming up soon. Um, they might maybe use some of that money to bring in a, a solid um, veteran defenseman to kind of guide these guys a la Chera has over the last few years. Um, but yeah, I mean the, the rest of the guys are still signed for a few years yet. So the core of Bergeron, Pasternak, Marchand will remain. Uh, obviously there'll be a changing of the guard in the back end, but I would think that Rask will be retained maybe along with Halak uh, for a couple more years, maybe of, of that tandem, which seems to have been working pretty well. So when you add it all up, uh, with the youth coming in stability up front, uh, and on the back end with some younger guys taking over that mantle, I think the window still is open for this team for another couple of years, at least. Um, so I think even with Chara moving on, the captaincy will go to, um, Bergeron, of course, uh, in the near future. And then I think the real questions will come when Bergeron retires, when Marshawn's kind of near his uh, end. Um, those will be the real questions as to where this team will go, if they'll go into full rebuild mode or if the players that they have brought in along the way or money that is freed up 
to spend in free agency can be used to, to kind of offset those uh, eventual losses, which will be significant. And again, that's where we look back at the 2015 draft and think um, that would have been a good time to invest in the future and build for the future. Um, you know, any pending success for Seneshin, DeBrusque, and Zaboral, who's a huge question mark at this point, uh, you know, it would have been a good time to replace those players. Thanks for sending in your mailbag questions. We do this every week. If you do have any questions, please feel free, feel free to hit me up at ENC McLaren or at LO underscore Boston Bruins. And I'll try to get to those uh, in due time. Now it's time of the show where we take a look at some news and notes from around the NHL. Um, we already talked about the Winter Classic yesterday. It was quite fun to watch, even though I only got to see a little bit of it. Uh, one of the big things that came down yesterday was in relation to the Columbus Blue Jackets and uh, their head coach, uh, John Tortorella. He had some very strong words for the NHL uh, in terms of officiating and reviews that led to a shootout loss and an injury suffered by Corpus Allo. Uh, he was fined $20,000 by the league for his post-game comments about the officiating following that loss to the Blue Jacket, uh, sorry, to the Blackhawks. He also was assessed a conditional $25,000 fine, which will be collected in the event of similar uh, inappropriate behavior between now and December 29th, 2020. So uh, kind of a preemptive strike from the NHL, uh, wanting to crack down on Tortorella's tirades, but also criticism of the officiating, which in this case, to be honest, was pretty warranted. Um, Tortorella wasn't off base in his criticism of the league, of the officiating, of some um, ineffective use of replays, um, time management. It was warranted, but uh, the NHL is kind of tired of his sideshow and wanted to make an example of him. And so this fine and future fine was announced uh, as well. So... um, Expect whatever happens tonight for Tortorella to be reserved after the game. Um, I mentioned the other day that Jake Gensel was uh, injured, and there's some speculation from uh, Rob Rossi of The Athletic as to whether they might want to uh, trade to target um, a replacement for Kreider. Sorry, not for Kreider, for Gensel. Kreider, who is a Bruins target, was mentioned um, Kilvalchuk was also raised, although uh, Rossi claims that Rutherford is not interested uh, in Kovalchuk, and that would me add them to the list along with the Bruins, reportedly, who are also not interested in Kovalchuk. So whether or not he's able to find a job in the NHL remains to be seen. Uh, I still think it's worth uh, as I've been saying, floating the idea of a league minimum contract to see if he'd be willing to uh, play. Um, yeah, the Penguins seem like a logical spot along with the Bruins, but apparently they're not interested. Perhaps they're just waiting for Kovalchuk to accept uh, such a minimum deal and not want to push his contract into, uh, uh, you know, nine digits, not nine digits, not a billion dollar contract a million-dollar contract, seven digits. 
Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Um, oh, wait, one more thing from the Buffalo Sabres. It was reported yesterday from the Athletics' Joe Yurden that Evan Rodriguez has made his interest in a trade known to the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, he's not quite happy with his deployment, his usage under head coach Rolf Kruger. Uh, I don't know if the Bruins would be in on that. He is a graduate of uh, Boston University, and um, he is a right-hand shot, I believe. So uh, he could be a fit for a team looking for uh, help in that respect. He's a center by trade, but a right-hand shot, he could uh, be worth a look at the right-hand side of uh Krejci and DeBrusque's unit. He's a uh, RFA making $2 million this year, so not a uh, a big spend by any means. Um, he only has three assists in 24 games this season after recording nine goals, 29 assists with the Sabres a year ago, and seven goals and 18 assists in 48 games a couple seasons ago. So he can't score. Um, he can create some offense. Whether or not the Bruins are interested, uh, I'm not really sure, but that's another name that's out there. To close today's show, I just wanted to mention the uh, quarterfinal action at the World Juniors. As I record, USA and Finland are knotted at zero at the end of the second period. Uh, So obviously by the time some of you listen to this, that will be decided. Earlier in the day, Canada routed Slovakia by a score of 6-1. to And Russia beat Switzerland 3-1. So those two powerhouses are already through. Um, After the U.S.-Finland game, Sweden and the Czech Republic are set to face off as well. So still some time uh, or still some results to come in before the semifinals are set. They'll take place Saturday. So we will recap those games on tomorrow's podcast. Something to watch, however, was uh, Bruins prospect Jack Beecher he um, levied a very dangerous looking hit against Finland and could be in line for some supplemental discipline Um, Canada's Nolan Foote was ejected for a hit to the head Uh, this hit by Beecher was uh, you know objectively worse it was from behind Uh, he only received a two-minute minor penalty I believe uh, but it might warrant some extra discipline and he may be forced to sit the semifinal game if that's the case so that would be detrimental to usa's hopes for sure uh but yeah that's it for today's podcast thank you so much for taking the time to listen today we are the locked on boston bruins podcast my name as always is ian mclaren you can find me at enc mclaren follow the show at lo boston bruins i'll be uh dropping some analysis and witty banter uh, throughout the game tonight against the Blue Jackets. And we'll be back tomorrow uh, for the final episode of the week. Uh, Hopefully to talk about a win for the Blue Jackets. Oh, what? A win for the Bruins or the Blue Jackets. And um, teeing up the next game against Edmonton on Saturday. Before I sign off, a pop culture recommendation. I'm very late on this, but... Finally started watching Fleabag the other night. Uh, we finished the first season. It's already very good, and I've heard uh, you know, the second season is uh, pretty iconic, very well received, and received some awards as well. So I'm excited to dig into the second episode 
during intermission tonight <laughs> of those uh, of the game against the Blue Jackets. So if you haven't checked that out, I highly recommend it. Um, yeah, that's it. Thanks so much for listening. I'll talk to you again tomorrow. Take care, friends.